You are invited to attend the 2018 Cashflow Wealth Summit for free on September 20th and 21st. The Cashflow Wealth Summit is a one-of-a-kind two-day online event that features an elite faculty of over 20 entrepreneurs and business leaders from various industries, all lecturing about the principles of cash flow. This is your opportunity to learn from the best for free from the comfort of your own home or office. For more information and to secure your free spot, simply go to thewealthstandard.com forward slash free. That's thewealthstandard.com forward slash free, and we'll see you on September 20th and 21st. Hey, everyone. This is uh, Patrick Donahoe. Thanks uh, for joining me on the Wealth Standard podcast. It's going to be a good episode. But before we get to today's guest, I wanted to let you all know that registration is open for our annual Cashflow Wealth Summit. You can go to cashflowwealthsummit.com uh, to, uh, to register. And it's uh, complimentary. The, the, the live event and registration is, uh, is free. So make sure you, uh, you head over. We have some awesome speakers and uh, specifically positioned for where we are at in, uh, in our economy today. And so you guys are going to really enjoy it. So cashflowwealthsummit.com. The, the dates where we're going to have the event, when we're going to have the event are September 20th and 21st. So that's next week. So make sure you head over. So today is episode two of our third season of 2018, where we are discussing the principles of property. I hope you guys uh, liked the last couple of episodes. If you are a first-time listener, make sure you go back and listen to the first two seasons. You can uh, binge listen to those where we focused uh, uh, you know, four months each on the principle of life and the principle of liberty. And now we're getting into the principle of property for, uh, for, uh, from now until the end of, uh, end of the year. And so looking at, you know, really the guest lineup that we have, I want to focus on different asset classes, focus on different ways in which individuals have uh, come up with ideas and figured out ways to use their mind and, and, uh, and create solutions. And uh, today's guest is uh, Nick Vertucci, and he is in the real estate industry, specifically the real estate investment industry, and he is uh, an educator. He does events, and that's where I really wanted to, to have him on the show because in the end, there is a dynamic in investment where people essentially will uh, trust that another person is competent enough to give them advice and they trust that advice as opposed to uh, learning and educating themselves about it. And we often say that the, the more educated you are, the less risk you have and typically the higher return you will have. So Nick has uh, been around for a while. He's not a uh, investment guru that spawned during you know the 2000 and 2009-2010 upswing based on the corrections uh, the, of the, the years prior to that. Uh, but he's been around for a while and he's experienced some hardships of his own with some initial companies he was involved with as well as uh, in the real estate industry. And so um, you're going to love his story. He has a lot of passion. Uh, but Nick is uh, the founder of Envy Real Estate and we're going to have all of his links in the show notes. So make sure you go to thewealthstandard.com. So, without further ado, please welcome my guest, Nick Bertucci. Welcome to the 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast, celebrating the principles of life, liberty, and property. You are listening to Season 3, Property. My uh, guest today is Nick Bertucci, and he is coming to us from Orange County, California. 
Uh, he's the, the founder of Envy Real Estate Academy and uh, uh, best-selling author of Seven Figure Decisions, Having the Balls to Succeed. Uh, Nick, it's awesome to have you on. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, buddy. You got it, Patrick. Thanks for having me, man. Let's, uh, let's just start with your story. Why don't you tell us about, uh, about yourself and the, the events and uh, life, you know, life's experiences that led to you writing your book? Well, um, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you the macro look at it and then anything else you want to know from there, you ask me because I, I won't, you know, I don't want to just to go on a, a total rant of, you know, because obviously I could talk forever on that. But in, in a nutshell, man, who I am is, you know, I'm a K through 12 educated guy. Uh, uh, I'm, I've had an entrepreneur spirit my whole life. Of course, I, like you mentioned, I created the NV real estate Academy and, you know, I now teach people how to invest, uh, in real estate, you know, <clears throat> prior to that, uh, and, and still I'm a professional real estate investor and, and that's what I've done for the past, um, gosh, 12, 13 years now professionally. Um, interesting story. We could get into it later if you wish how I evolved into, uh, <clears throat> the training space. But, um, you know, for me at a very, a very young age at 22 years old, I, I, you know, decided that college wasn't for me pretty early on and, and I just was working. And then I started a tech business at a young age. Again, there's a whole story to that and did that for a lot of years until I lost that business. And so, um, when the dot-com crash came and then we had nine 11, our economy tanked heavy, especially in the tech sector. And, and I went from being a young entrepreneur, being successful making millions of dollars to absolutely losing everything and being in the negative. Uh, so, it was a, it, so it was a tech business. What, yeah. nature, what nature of tech was it? Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I started out selling memory chips, just brokering at the time. And I evolved into a full systems integrator where uh, we had a, a big 25,000 square foot building. I was a mini Dell, if you will. We were building white boxes, doing cabling, doing services, and uh, had close to 100 employees, 40 million in revenue. And and got it pumped up because basically I was in the right place, right time. And, 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 uh, and was very blessed to, to be in that business, but, but I lost it all because I didn't have any, any money intelligence. I didn't have any life experience and I didn't see it coming. So, yeah. So what I would say start there and I'd love to get into the, to, to real estate because what fascinates me is, you know, those that actually were in a specific field, but then, experienced downturns and challenges and then what they did through those, those challenges and downturns. But go back to the, go back to the tech. I mean, what, what were some of the lessons you learned there? Cause you alluded yeah. to, you know, not having the experience, but yeah. what didn't, what didn't you have and what did you learn through, uh, through that downturn? Well, you know um, what I, what I learned is that again, you know, that I didn't have any life experience or money intelligence. <clears throat> I happened to fall into a really great business that, that, did really well for a while. Um, but I, I had never at my age, I had never seen a recession. I didn't realize that sometimes everything doesn't last forever. You have to evolve. Um, instead of building up a really big lifestyle, like I did and bought all new stuff and cars and just did things where, you know, I depended on something called active income. That is my business continuing to work and, and people wanting computers and, and for the market to stay fresh. And, you know, I didn't realize that someday that music could stop. And I just didn't have that life experience. And, and when we had the dot-com crash, we were in a tech bubble at the time. And like the real estate bubble we were in in 2008 and 2009, um, I didn't see it coming. 
and and I, uh, I lost everything. It, 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 I just I built up a lifestyle that I didn't invest in my future. I didn't invest in real estate. I didn't invest in other things that would create maybe passive income or some type of annuities that could that could kind of bail me out if I ran into a, a snag or my business didn't do well. I just didn't think that. I was too cocky. I didn't see it coming, and it was complete life, lack of life experience and money intelligence. And when it happened, I didn't make decisions fast enough. I didn't cut quick enough. And honestly, even if I did, I would have still been in the same position because basically my business was going to shrivel up into a raisin, and, and it did. And, you know, it's really easy going up you know, and making money and, and, and going in that direction. But I will tell you, especially once you've been in that direction, going the other way, especially midlife, two kids, one on the way, married, have all these responsibilities and a K through 12 education. Um, I was in a real jam and it was probably the toughest two to maybe three and a half years of my life while I was losing that business and losing everything. And, you know, I went from a young entrepreneur, uh, full of piss and vinegar into middle-aged, completely depressed, full of fear, and a total loser negative mentality I evolved into. It was, it was a rough, it was a rough time. Well, that's, I mean, and I would say those that have, have, that don't get to experience that, I, I think are missing out on, in, on life. I think that those environments are the most meaningful in hindsight, of course, not during, you know, during the sure. actual time, you know, but, but often it's those, you know, it's those uh, stressful, anxious moments that allow us to see life differently. And uh, we wouldn't have done it had everything just continued to, uh, to, to go up. Okay. So, that, so walk us through, you know, walk us through the transition into to real estate from that, from that business. And then sure. maybe what were some of the, uh, the lessons that you started to experience in uh, 2008, 2009? Well, I'm a, it started for me in 2004. I'm a product of this business that I'm in now, which is the real estate uh, training company. I was a student of it. So what happened was, I'm going through this transition, if you will, this uprooting of my in my tech business and, and lost everything. And at the time, the economy went into a double dip recession. I had an acquaintance of mine. His name was Walt. He was losing a packaging business. And, and of course, I believe, you know, misery loved company. So him and I had a common thread is that we both had really big lifestyles and, and, and we couldn't maintain them and we were losing everything. So we talked often. Well, he called me up in 2004, sometime in June or middle of summer somewhere, and, and, and he asked me, Nick, what are you doing from this date on Friday to Sunday? And, and I didn't know. I said, well, nothing. And he said, well, I, I, I'm going to this three-day real estate class, and I, I, I can bring somebody with me. And I thought of you because we're both kind of in the same boat looking for something. And initially, I told him no. I said, Walt, I said, listen, I need Friday through Sunday to just recharge my battery enough to cry my way on the work to my business to try to figure out how I was going to save it, which I wasn't, I was losing it and how to make payroll and all this stuff. And, and he told me something very interesting after that. And he said, well, okay, are you sure? Because, you know, I paid $6,000 for this three day class. And my initial thought was this, and I kid you not. Oh my God, thank God there's somebody stupider than me in this, in this planet. Right. And, and, but I tell you, I get the chills right now, even telling you the story because of course I went and to think if I didn't go when that one decision I could have made, because I believe in life, that's, is a game of, of, of inches and, and decisions. And I went and um, it changed the whole financial trajectory of my life. Now it didn't happen overnight, of course, you know, by day two of that three day class, I called my wife and I said, Hey, 
I don't know what I have here, but it's something. And I, I might be making some really, I might be making another foolish decision. I don't know because I needed to invest a bunch of money into the extended training that they were offering. And I took some equity out of my house uh, the last bit because I was losing the house. That was the last asset that I had. And, um, and in 2004, that happened. And again, the abridged version, because again, you can, you can poke me and push me in whatever direction you want after this statement. But I learned a trade. I took it serious. And I started investing one door at a time. But through some mentorship that I got during the course of this, um, that they didn't even offer, it's something I pursued, uh, is what really changed my life. It wasn't the real estate investing. It was somebody that spoke into my life that changed the direction of my mind that taught me um, about my biggest asset, my strongest asset, which is my strongest muscle, which is your mind and the ability to overcome what I was up against and to change my negative thinking and to change um, just the whole direction of where I was going. So I took that and put it into the vehicle of real estate investing. And again, now, Patrick, I'm giving you like the major abridged version because I don't want to take your show in any directions. You don't mm-hmm. want to go. But and, and, and then I just started investing one door at a time until um, I pulled myself out over over the course of a 10 year real estate career uh, out of what I was in. But, it, but that's a long story to that, too. So. Well, what's been coming, what's been coming to mind, I definitely want to transition into, you know, what you're doing, what you're doing today. Uh, but I, I've always found it interesting. And it's kind of a, a theory. I don't know if it, if it exists, it probably does in a lot in other contexts. But you were part of a, a successful, you know, a, a successful, you know, tech company, and you had reached these, these threshold, or I wouldn't say thresholds, maybe levels, whether it was uh, income, uh, or uh, being able to produce value for others, and I, and I think that that per, you know really does create uh, essentially this this expectation of what is possible for for you. Now, obviously, that was trampled on right over over the uh, the ensuing correction during you know, during two thousand to two thousand two, yeah. I think it was, mm-hmm. and and then. So I think as far as understanding and recognizing opportunities, because how many people you know went to real estate conferences in 2004, right? And why didn't they become what Nick Bertucci became? You know, it's, it's one of those things where I think those thresholds, those previous experiences, you know, allow our mind, you know, when we are presented with a certain set of circumstances um, to, to, to make those decisions that, that change our life. However, without previous circumstances, you know, the environment uh, may not uh, produce the same, the same conclusion. And so what are your thoughts around that? I mean, you would experience yeah. success here. And I think that you subconsciously were probably looking for other experiences, other opportunities to provide you that same, that same level. Well, I, I was, and you hit the nail on the head when you said something and I'll tell you what it was. You said, why was it that you went to this and this happened to you and you've put yourself in this financial position now through real estate investing. What about the other thousands of people that maybe went to a real estate class? Well, I'll tell you what, here's, here's what I've noticed. It's the same reason why you can give 10 people the same college education and five will be successful, five won't. And out of the five successful, you might have one that take it to a place that nobody else could understand how they got there. And I will tell you the common denominator is, and it's not a uh, self-help seminar that I'm going to do on your show. It's not about that because you do have to get off your ass and you have to work hard. I don't believe in, uh, you know, the the theory of just love. I believe in law of attraction, but I don't believe that if you think positive, the check's going to show up in your mail. You got to get up, you got to get up and off and start humping. But the common denominator that I found that I also teach my students 
in conjunction with all of the systems and formulas and all the stuff about investing is this is the successful people, whether they're K through 12 educated or they have massive degrees, the common denominator is they have the ability to push forward and to go out and do things in spite of what your mind is telling you to do, what your fear is telling you not to do, your fear of failure, um, what society is telling you you shouldn't do, and all the stuff that we get wrapped up in. And again, by some mentorship I got, I was taught this principle. And it was more valuable to me than anything I learned in my real estate uh, investing career. It's what brought me to the point I am today, not because I was smarter than the other people that were in those classes with me, not because of it, or I, I had more of a need than they do. Listen, it was just pure grit, but I wasn't able to get through it with all the fear I had and with all of the pressure I was under. It was learning to something called pattern interrupt which is take that fear, take all of that fear of failure, take that depressed feeling I had, and to be able to turn those negative thoughts into a positive thought. That's the first step. Now, that doesn't just do the trick. You have to keep pounding those pattern interruptions. You have to keep pounding that into your core, but then you have to put one step in front of the other no matter what happens because just thinking positive does not allow a check to show up. You have to really go grind it out. And I have a thing that I came up with that I say, you have to see it, believe it, map it, and execute it. And point of that all is, if you don't see where you're going, like really have a vision of what you want to do and where you want to go, that's your first step. The next step is, and it's very important, is you have to believe it. You, not somebody else, not people around you, not your friends, not your family. You have to decide and to believe where you're going. And, and even if you have to fake it till you make it. And after that, you have to map it, which means you have to have a viable plan. You have to have something that will actually work. You can't just, I use the example, if I wanted to be an NBA basketball player, it ain't happening. I'm not, I don't care if I practice every day. I'm not dunking on anyone. It's never going to happen. So that won't work. You have to have something that will work and that has a system to it and that will, will get you where you want to go. Then last but not least, so cliche, but the whole thing, take action. And I call it execution. You have to execute it without actually going and putting your first foot forward and taking action. Those first three are just a dream or, or, or a plan or a good idea, but they don't exist. They only exist in your mind. So you have to go then put it into action. See it, believe it, map it, execute it. So that's well, the difference. And I'm going to take, let me, let me pick, let me pick into the, the, the seeing it part. Cause you had, you had alluded to something that I just wanted to ad address and and this is this is something I see in, in so many different circumstances, but the the seeing it and the believing it, uh, I I feel that this is why uh, archetypes uh, exist and why people cling to these personas or you know literal people uh, and recognize you know that there is some similarity and alignment and that motivates them to uh, become that and it gives them kind of this you know idea of. Uh, what uh, you know? What can be possible for them because it was possible for someone, someone else, and that's where right. you know mm. your, your. I don't know if you call it a mentor or the the individual that you know kind of took you by the shoulders and shook you up a little bit. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's are some there's a dynamic there of their personality. They're uh, they're actually practicing what they preach. They're yeah. what what levels they have. Uh, gotten to and that you know providing you with kind of the evidence that you know holy crap I should probably take this guy seriously right do you want to mentor talk about that just briefly sure so mentorship 
I think is, is, is key. And mentorship by someone like you just said that has been in the shoes that you want to be in and has walked them so you can believe in the fact that, that they've been there. Not just someone who is saying it or knows all the words or the buzzwords, but someone that's actually done it where you want to go. I think it's key. And this particular person was, was somebody that was uh, part of my journey. They, they taught me the cash flow business in this. Remember, I went to the three-day class. I spent a whole bunch of money I didn't have. I went deeper into debt. And, um, and then I went and I went to this week long training in one of the boot camps. This individual uh, taught me uh, cash flow, but but more importantly, cash flow as far as far as real estate investing really triggered something to me because it was about passive income. It was about building something that even if things didn't go good down the line, you had income coming in. And I wanted that because I was in the position I was in by having an active income business. But I approached this individual because I wanted to spend some time with him, and because he had thousands of students and I was so naive, I actually said, Hey, Chris, can you spend three or four days with me or a week or something <laughs> where we could, you know, like you can teach me this business in detail. And he was like, of course, very nice. Like I could maybe give you my email, but Nick, I have thousands of students, I have family, I'm investing in real estate. It's literally impossible. And now having my own training company, the naivety of that was just ridiculous. But, um, but I was desperate. And, and, and so then, you know, I came back to him again and I said, you know, I think maybe I could take some equity out of my home. I'm like, uh, can I pay you? Can I give you 10 grand? Can I give you something to spend time with me? And he's like, Nick, no, stop. And again, I approached him and I, and I got up to 30 grand and I'm like, I'll give, please. And he agreed to it and I, it taught me a valuable lesson as everyone has their number. And he made me fly across the country, spent three days with him. And the very first thing he did with me is he sat me down and he said, Nick, can I be honest with you before we get to work? And I said, of course, that's what I want. That's why I'm here. He goes, no, I mean, really be honest with you. I said, yes. He said, Nick, since the day I met you at that boot, at those boot camps, uh, you have worn your identity on your sleeve, which is failure. Now, I know you're going through the worst time of your life. I know you're in the worst position financially you've ever been. I know you're hurting, and I'm not downplaying that, but I got a couple questions for you. Are you healthy? Meaning, am I alive? Yes. Do you have a wife? Yes. Do you have kids that love you? Yes. Do you have a roof over your head currently? Yes, I do. Did you eat today? Yes. We went through this whole thing, and of course, I kind of knew where it was headed. And he looked me straight in the eyes, and he said, then, shame on you. He goes, then, shame on you. He goes, there's people laying in a hospital bed right now that would trade you for your problems to go <laughs> figure out how to be successful again for another week of life. So you need to you need to change the way you're thinking and you need to tap into something that you don't have right now. And he literally in those three days with with the real estate investing taught me how to pattern interrupt negative thoughts, how to have a winning attitude, how to have to tap into my strongest muscle, which is my mind. And he just basically said, you go out there and you go one door at a time and you go do what you're taught to do. And if it works out, Nick great. If it doesn't, at least you tried because a lot of other people aren't and you're still going to have your family. You're still going to have your health. You're still, even if you got to lose your house and move into an apartment, whatever it is, you're still going to be fine and way ahead of most people. So get over yourself. And honestly, it changed my life. It changed my life. And the book I wrote, Seven Figure Decisions, is is a memoir about my journey, but it also has business principles in there. And sorry to re-pivot to that because I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm just saying that has become the core of, of what I teach and what I believe in as far as success. Because I don't care if it's real estate investing, planting flowers. I don't care what it is you want to do. You have to have that key component because that's the key component to successful people is they're willing to fail. They're willing to try again. They're willing to fail again because most successful people, their paths are littered with failure, but you don't see it because success speaks for itself. And that's what you see. 
Yeah, it's the whole yoda, it's the whole yoda principle. All that exists is success. It's just you know failure is is uh, you know a, a step along a necessary step along the way. Uh, but I would so kind of fast forwarding to you know two thousand eight two thousand nine and maybe to today, right? Those initial lessons obviously you know propelled you into uh, a new a new career. Yeah. Tell us tell us about how you applied some of those principles during two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and then I'm going to do a, a follow up with. Uh, just what what do you see right now, given the state of the real estate market and you know where where things uh, where things are and how you know potentially sure. you know we're in kind of the dumb mon- dumb money part of the cycle as opposed to the to the smart money. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You bet. So just to answer your first part of the questions, from 2004, I started grinding. I made a ton of mistakes. Um, just like anything else, you got to put tread on your tires. Um, I made a lot of real estate investing mistakes. I learned along the way um, to correct those. And where I made my most money, believe it or not, was from about 2008, nine through end of 2013. And that's when most people were running away from real estate. And that's when we had our bubble burst because there's an investing principle called buy fear, sell greed in mm-hmm. anything you're investing in. And during the time before 2008 and nine bubble burst, people were in a greed mode. <clears throat> they were buying, 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 buying. And that's great. If you want to speculate and buy, the buying should happen in 2004, five, six, and seven, not in 2008 and nine. That's when most of the buying happened is at the top of the bubble because most people weren't educated. They follow the herd. They follow the people off the cliff. And, um, and, and, it was a greed bubble. And when it burst, everybody was running away from real estate. Everybody said that on the media, the news everywhere, you know, real estate is a thing of the past, stay away from it. No. And there was a lot of pain and carnage and believe me, I get it. Um, But that's when we had the most low hanging fruit. And I dug so deep into the the residential foreclosure market at that time. And I made more money between 2009 and 2013 than I ever made in my life. And it was just, capitalizing on single family resident foreclosures. Yeah, that's, the, and, um, that's the Rothschild, the Rothschild, <clears throat> Rothschild when there's blood in the streets, even if it's your own buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buy fear, sell greed. And you know, honestly, only the small percentages of, of investors do that. Most do the opposite because they're following, um, they're following a perception and, and a hurt. emotion too. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. An emotion. And it just, and it just doesn't work. And so um, as far as where the real estate, you know, here's the thing. We're not in any close. Our economy is kind of sizzling, and and the stock market is doing really, really well. And you know, job. I mean, so we, we don't have to go through all that. You know, obviously, we still have some issues with with our debt in in the country, and you know, anything could happen at any time with elections. So I'm always very careful to forecast what I think's happening because one pivot in in interest rate, one pivot in in world politics. I mean, anything could happen. Um, we are definitely not in the sort of bubble or anything that we were in as far as the real estate market goes. Um, and as far as all that goes, you know, um, I just look at it this way. You could flip houses and hold houses for cash flow in a up market, a down market, and a linear flat market. Mm-hmm. So the point of all that to say that is, is do I think that the, the market's a little bit going to probably hit a little bit of a, of a halt button right now? Or is it, you know, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably settling down since the uptick that it's been on. Um, but again, I don't know for sure, uh, other than to say, um, if you're well-trained in whatever strategy you're doing, if that is flipping a property or buying and holding or buying commercial, 
if you know those strategies the way you need to know them and have a real education in it wherever you get it, you'll see the you'll you'll see it coming whether the market's sagging, whether it's stopping, whether a certain area needs to be uh, you have to put a halt on it. Um, but money can be made in in any type of market in real estate. Yeah, it's an you know then I and I agree and I agree with that and it's you know it's a it's always these these. <clears throat> Uh, hindsights that make people look like a look like a genius, and uh, but at the same time, you know the the predictions, you know even of two thousand eight and two thousand nine. I mean, it was it was driven by a derivative market where you know people sure. still don't know what the heck that was, and well, and that's yeah. where today, given you know the amount of people who own property in cash and the amount of international money that's come in, uh, and then also just you know the the there's still derivatives quite a, quite a bit, but nowhere near as much as there were you know back right. Then. 2009. Well, and it's, yeah, it's ahead, not going to be the same. And, and it's one of those anomalies no. that typically are, are what sway things. Well, I would assume you saw the movie, uh, the inside job then by you talking about derivatives. The, I don't know if you have or not. It's, it's narrated. Oh, by that was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. About why yeah. the stock market yeah, yeah. crashed and why we had the real estate bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a, l- a little something for your listeners that just for them to understand you know, how you have to be educated, you know, everyone puts their money and I'm not giving any financial advice or that sort of thing. Put your money wherever you need guys, wherever anyone thinks you should put it. Even if it's the stock market, you can make a lot of money, real estate, anything else, but you have to know what you're doing. Because for example, everyone was in the the stock market at the time when, when we had our bubble crash and you're right. It was, it was, um, it was inflated by the, the subprime mortgage industry that we had and, and things were sizzling and real estate was, was kind of leading the way on that. But what most people don't understand is the real savvy people in the world that understand banking and, and money and how the global economy works and how our local economy works is, you know, it was a real, if you watch that movie uh, and your listeners should get it called the inside, <coughs> excuse me, the inside job, because in a nutshell, there's something, they were taking mortgage, uh, they were taking subprime mortgages and they were packaging them in something called a CDO, a collateralized debt obligation. And they were basically selling them to us, right? So they would put those together. They were, they were sizzling because the mortgage industry was going crazy <coughs> and people were making a ton of money in the stock market by buying mortgages, basically, whether they knew, knew it or not. Well, <coughs> the people that were selling those were making a ton of money. But guess what they were doing ultimately? As they saw this bubble coming, they knew it couldn't sustain itself and they knew those mortgages were going bad and, and, and the bubble was going to burst. So what did they do? They bet against it. They actually put their money and shorted and bet against these same CEOs that they were selling to people for a profit that needed, you know, obviously that they were uh, bullish on. So they were making money on the way up and they were making money on the way down. Who lost? The common folk lost. The people that were just taking their monies when they had their 401ks and they were becoming 201ks. But nobody really even still understood why that happened. They just thought, well, you know, the market tanked and the real estate market tanked. Well, you know what? There's a lot of, lot of naughty stuff that goes on with money and banking and the Fed and central banking and the stock market and, and all these big money institutions. So I say all that to say, it goes back to one thing, whatever you do, whether it's investing in stocks, investing in real estate, investing or starting a business, know what the hell you're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't just go and follow the herd. Yeah, well said. Yeah, and that was, yeah. you know, the, the, whether it's the stock market or whether it's real estate, there's so many, there's so many complexities to it. And that's, you know, the, the education out there too, there's, there's so much of it. So how do you, you know, what, what have you found as ways to discover or discern the, the, the meaningful, effective education from 
yeah. the, the flash in the pan because that's the we're, right. in, we're in this paradox of of information and and uh, where there is so much that it actually makes us less informed. So how do you how do you make how do you discern and, and understand? Okay, if I'm going to go get educated, where do I where do right. I go? Who do I trust? And how do I you know how do I determine? Totally. Yeah, it's a great question, and I will tell you, <clears throat> there's an old term uh, by one of our past presidents, trust but verify, and Ronald Reagan said that, uh, trust but verify, and, and I will tell you, I'm in the real estate training seminar business. Let me tell you this, the reason I'm in it is because I was a student of it. Now, besides the mentor I had and some of the great things I got, I really didn't have a good training. I really got taken advantage of by the company that I spent all that money with. Um, I was sold a bag of goods. I was sold properties. I shouldn't have been sold. I lost a ton of money doing it. Uh, I went farther into the hole. I say all that to say the industry I'm in, and no one will say this in my industry, but I do, uh, has this huge black eye on it. It actually has a black cloud over the real estate training business because over the past 20 or 30 years, they have taken students in, they have charged them a lot of money. They have given them no infrastructure. They have sold them things they shouldn't have sold them. They sold them properties they shouldn't have. And, and the industry really, quite frankly, has a big black eye on it. And I'm a product of that. I, I actually got taken advantage of. Now, difference is I don't have a victim mentality and I don't begrudge that. I actually just like losing my tech business and, and, and getting taken advantage of there. It was a great education for me. And, and it's built the character and who I am today. But with that said, um, to answer your question, to get the dog back in the yard is like this. You just have to go slow. You have to, you, you can't take anyone at their word. <clears throat> you have to trust, but you have to verify. You have to verify every move you make. Um, you have to get referrals. You have to look at track record. You have to look at reputation. And even then sometimes, you know, you're going to put yourself a little out there and you might step in it because there's no guarantee in life. You could just be as careful. But I will tell you this, the folks that are too careful and that won't make any decisions and will only um, not trust, not trust and do nothing and not put themselves out there, they're never going to accomplish anything great. So it is a very, very delicate balance um, where to do that. And I don't think there's any formula other than to use your common sense, trust but verify, uh, get referrals, really dig into what you're doing, and just look at the track record of, of some people. Because let me tell you something anyone that even if it's myself and I'm telling you about my training, everyone's going to tell you how great they are. Everyone's going to tell you how much their system works or how good their investment advice is because no great hustler or con man's ever going to come in and say, Hey, by the way, this is a hustle. They're, <laughs> they're, they're going to be the most charming and the most believable. So, you know, you got, and again, but that stops a lot of people um, from actually doing anything is because they just don't know what to do and they don't know who to trust. So, that's one of the toughest questions to answer, really, if you want to know the truth, because there's no guarantee. So let's let's maybe wrap up with getting into the the how to make those seven figure decisions. So all of these experiences that you've had and your observation of you know the uh, the financial education industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you how do you what are some key elements to those those seven figure decisions? Well, I'll, I'd rather take it to this, if this is okay. Let's put it to you this way. Decision-making is one of the most powerful things you can and can do and not do. Not making a decision is a decision. And so mm -hmm. I say that to say this. Look, I don't, whether it's, whether it's the real estate market, whether it's the real estate training market, whatever it is, you have to be the type of person that if you want to just be outside of the box of what the norm is and just grinding every day and, and, and you know, just getting by, you're going to have to make some decisions that are not comfortable for you. 
you're going to have to find the time that you don't think you have. You're going to have to go and step into something that maybe does scare you. And I can only answer the question to say that the people and the leaders who actually make decisions, and even if you make a wrong decision, to be able to correct it, make another one and actually take that action and, and execute something <clears throat> is the, really the key to success. Um, as far as what decision to make, that's too broad. You know, it's too tough because there's too many things out there and it's so individualized to what someone's passion is and what they really want to do. Um, trust but verify, uh, but you got to put yourself out there. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I would say, you know, the, the, a lot of work that goes into actually getting to the point where you do make a meaningful, a meaningful, what you, what you describe as a seven figure decision. I think oftentimes yeah. we, you know, we, we take for granted, you know, the, the decision breaking down that word is, you know, you seed from the direction you were going and, uh, and th those big decisions can completely change the course of your life. And that's where, you know, understanding yeah. what is your motivation and drive, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, and then obviously with some of the due diligence associated with who you choose as a mentor uh, yeah. to, uh, you know, to emulate, I mean, there, there's a, a lot that goes out, a lot that goes into it before you make those life-changing uh, decisions. And you you know, in the end, it, it, there's no way to make a perfectly calculated decision. And nope. there's always an anomaly. There's always these, you know, black yep. swans that could take place that can knock you off guard. And that's why I love how you address mindset because, you know, a, a mindset, a positive mindset during positive times, I, I would say is, you know, is, is important, but I would say the, the key to a positive mindset and understanding the purpose of, of, of failure and purpose of downturns and cycles, right, is that when you are in those doldrums that, you know, your mindset is so strong that it allows you to look at things for how they are and then make decisions to learn those lessons and then move on. Well, I'll tell you, and, you know, you, you could put, you could put the most positive person on the planet, the most negative person in the planet in a room for a day, there are two days and they're going to both come out negative. So you have to really, really protect your mind. You have to protect your mindset and you have to work on it daily. And I will tell you <clears throat> back to your decision uh, conversation. Uh, I would rather make 10 decisions and nine of them wrong and then get that one right and take me to my destiny, then make zero decisions and stay so close to the best that I never become great. So decision-making is absolutely key. And I'll tell you, the reason my book is called Seven Figure Decisions, and again, I know you're probably running close to the end of your show, so I might not be able to give you the story to it, but I will tell you this. <clears throat> In May, or March, excuse me, of 2014, three months after I launched my seminar business, which I, which I got into because I got betrayed and, and kind of backstabbed by two partners, um, one of them was on the phone with me um, in March, this is the abridged version and was threatening me to not be in this industry and not be in this space. And basically, uh, had a lawsuit against me <clears throat> and was telling me, if you don't do this or this, uh, I'm going to financially dismantle you and basically said, but you better take your time with your decision because you're making a seven figure decision. And I will tell you, that's when it was a surreal moment for me. It's just the reason I named my book Seven Figure Decisions because I had a huge decision to make, and that is either to fold up and 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 take the safe route or take that that right by the horns and and fight the whole way like I did to to get where I am today. 
And it was a surreal moment because then I realized that that second that my whole life has been a series of seven figure decisions. When I chose not to go to college because it wasn't for me and start my business. When I lost my business because I was making decisions that were wrong, those were seven figure decisions. When I decided, yes, I'll go to that three day class, seven figure decision. When I did some things that I should have done in real estate, seven figure decision the other way. My whole life has been a series of seven figure decisions, good and bad, but at least I made them, right? So big, 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 it's a big deal being able to, to make a decision and to, to jump over that wall of fear and be able to go find success. Yep. That's the, that's, that's the overarching theme to success. And that's, you know, what, one of those, uh, one of those key points, I think is part of your book title that, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to allude to is that, you know, the, the idea of success isn't, uh, it's the kind of the infinite game as Simon Sinek puts it. And it's, uh, it's one of those things where decisions, you're going to you know, make mistakes, but if you have the mindset of wanting to, uh, to learn from every decision that you make, that eventually you're going to make a good one. There you go. All right, Nick, it was yeah. awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your story. What's the best way that people can uh, learn about you, uh, buy your, buy your book, uh, follow sure. you on social media. If you're on social yep. media. Well, my name is Nick Fertucci. So that's pretty simple. You could find, you know, on my, my business is Envy Real Estate Academy. <clears throat> you go to the website. But more importantly, I think if, if you just want to know more about what I just had to say there and that interests you, you can just go to Amazon. And I'm not in the book business to selling books. It's not a revenue source for me. It's up to your listeners. I, again, I'm not here to promote a book, but I think the book is, is pretty valuable. And it's, 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 my, it's my life story uh, in business. It's how to win in business. And it's peppered with success principles in business. And you just go to Amazon, you type in seven, the word seven figure decisions, it'll pop up and, uh, and uh, you think you can buy it on Kindle or you can buy a paperback and it's pretty cheap and I think it's a good read. Cool. Well, I, I flipped through some of the pages that they allow you to see on, on Amazon. And so I'm intrigued, uh, intrigued to read it. Uh, but thanks again for your time. We'll post all of those, uh, you know, all those links and, and so forth on our, on our show notes. So if you Great. Catch that because you're driving. Just go ahead and over to the, the website and show notes and uh, you can get all those links there. All right, buddy. I appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure to meet you and uh, we'll uh, maybe talk soon again. Okay. Likewise. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. See you, Thank you for joining us as the Wealth Standard Podcast spends all of 2018 celebrating life, liberty, and property. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and we'll see you on the next one. You are invited to attend the 2018 Cashflow Wealth Summit for free on September 20th and 21st. The Cashflow Wealth Summit is a one-of-a-kind two-day online event that features an elite faculty of over 20 entrepreneurs and business leaders from various industries, all lecturing about the principles of cash flow. This is your opportunity to learn from the best for free from the comfort of your own home or office. For more information and to secure your free spot, simply go to thewealthstandard.com forward slash free. That's thewealthstandard.com forward slash free, and we'll see you on September 20th and 21st.